So when we were kids at home, uh, myself and my brother, we grew up on a farm, obviously, so we used to, we used to love life a lot. We didn't need a whole pile of toys because we had 120 acres of toys. Uh, so we would, um, we would uh, find, always find something to do. Um, so there was a series on when we were kids called Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer, all those kind of things, which we used to watch regularly. And we used to have a field, one low field that would flood every winter. So in the winter, it would go about maybe four foot deep uh, in, 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 the lowest, in the highest part, or the lowest part of the field. Uh, so myself and my brother decided we'd make a raft. So we made a raft. And so we got old barrels and a couple of pallets. And um, it was the, the, the days when, uh, le- when, what are they called, wax jackets were fashionable. Put on our wax jackets and then got our poles and just kind of, just kind of gondolaed our way through the, through, through the field, you know? <laughs> we were halfway, halfway through the field, and then it was then that I realised I should have been a scout because our knot tying ability wasn't quite what it should have been. And we see one of the barrels start to come loose under the pallet. You know what I mean? Like, so we're uh, <laughs> okay. Get, get home. Get home. Get home. And uh, when you're when you're when you're gondolaing, which isn't even a word, or when you're when you're when you're in a in a boot, obviously you're very very focused on where you're going. You have to both boats only go forward, right? There's no well, there's really much of a reverse gear in them. You have to watch where you're going. You have to keep your eyes forward, right? So when especially in in, in rough conditions, rough sea conditions, like you have to watch where you're going. Are there rocks? Are there other ships? Are there is there light? Uh, is there a port? Is, is there safety? Is there, is there something I can do to, to make the situation just a wee bit better? In our gospel today, we have the apostles out on a boat with, with the Lord. And there's all sorts of interesting details here. Uh, they're crossing with the Lord. Now, the Lord is in the stern. I actually had to verify it this morning because I'm not 100% sure. I'm from Tipperary. We're a landlocked county. Um, but the stern is what part of the boat? The back. The bit that you're not looking at, because you're looking where you're going. So you're looking forward. In a ship or in a boat, you're looking, you're looking where you're going, all right? So Jesus is in the stern. He's in the back, where he can't be seen. And another strange thing, I mean, these, these weren't luxury yachts, right? These were open boats. He's in a storm, and Jesus is asleep. Now, some of you maybe have husbands who are impressively capable of the same feat, sleeping through a storm of maybe three or four screaming children, or maybe that's a selective deafness, I'm not sure, but uh, just to actually be asleep in the middle of a storm. Uh, it even says uh, water is breaking over the side of the boat. So he's getting splashed and he still isn't waking up. I mean, that's either a lot of missionary activity or, yeah, I don't, um, that, he must have been absolutely exhausted. But there's a point, there's always a point to whatever the Lord does. This isn't just random. So the waves were breaking into the boat so that it was almost swamped. Okay, cold water splashing on him still wasn't enough to wake him up. Jesus is in the stern, the back of the boat, his head on a cushion, asleep. Asleep. They woke him and said to him, Master, do you not care? We're going down. Master, do you not care? We're going down. We're going to die. Do you not care? Could you please grab a bucket? (laughs) Right? Do you not care? Why aren't you doing anything? Okay? Now that's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very frank question. It's a very honest question. I think it's a very, 
uh, I, I don't like being cheeky with the Lord. I think it's, it's not, a, I wouldn't recommend it because he usually is right. <laughs> there have been known in the course of history for him to be wrong. But it's, it, it is honest. Right? So they're looking at this storm, they're looking at Jesus asleep. Like, there's no quick solution here, and we look like this looks like it could be our last night on the face of the planet. Uh, do you not care? Now, how often, it doesn't happen often, it doesn't happen often, but it, it, it may well happen in our lives that we come to certain occasions where we're asking the Lord the same thing. Now, maybe we haven't vocalized it, and that can actually be a part of the problem, you know, when we don't vocalize what we're actually thinking. It's in there, we think it, but we're not saying it, but it's stirring up and it's, it's, it can be eating away all the rest of our faith and our desire to pray and our desire to go to Mass and our desire to actually do anything that the Lord says because ultimately I don't feel like he was there when I needed him. Lord, do you not care? My child is sick. Lord, do you not care? My mother is dying. Lord, do you not care? I have cancer. Lord, do you not care? My, my, my work has gone to pot. And my boss is absolutely terrible. And that the, Lord, you not care. I'm suffering from depression. Do you know these things can 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 reside in our hearts in 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 a deep and kind of dark place without us really realizing it, right? And, but they're there. The thoughts are there. I mean, I've met a lot of people in in prayer, and and when you when you like uncover a little of of, of the, the the surface, they have huge problems with God. They may be part of a prayer group and going on pilgrimages and maybe even running a prayer group or, you know, regular Eucharistic ministers, readers, the whole lot. And, and you, you scratch the surface a bit and, you, and ask them how they're really getting on. And some of them have serious problems with God. They don't quite want to leave him yet, but it's like being kind of separated and living in the same house. You know, he's there, but there. Not here, he's there. That's fine. So, and this, this, this can happen. This can happen, I think, a little more easily. I think it's good to call these things out and kind of put names on them. Because, bless, if you realize this is you, this is, this is important. This is something that needs to be looked at. This needs to be healed. So in the storms of your life, like, it, why, why wasn't the Lord more active? Now, was he acting asleep? Sounds a bit childish. <laughs> was, but I... Okay, what was the point of what he was doing? Okay, we'll come to the point in a second. There's a, an old English hymn uh, called uh, It Is Well With My Soul. We don't, we don't sing it, but uh, there's a new song which takes some lyrics from it, and that's where I heard about the song. That's what a lot of these uh, modern singers are doing. They, they take a, a verse or a chorus or some lines from, it from an old song and kind of revamp it. So there's this song called uh, It Is Well With My Soul. And it's, it's a, uh, the, the original melody is very beautiful. The song, the new song isn't just quite as nice, but uh, the lyrics are, you know, they're kind of, they're nice, they're nice, kind of generically nice, right? Until you hear the story behind it. So the story behind it is uh, there's a very wealthy uh, American named Horatio Spafford, lived in Chicago. Uh, he was a lawyer, and he had been very successful. He bought uh, large uh, portions of Chicago City, which then in the fire of 1873, 72-73, uh, uh, he lost an awful lot of his property and almost went bankrupt. But he was a very fervent Protestant and a very fervent Protestant missionary. 
So his family and himself were, were going to head over to, to England uh, to, to do some missionary work over there. So they, they were all set to sail across. Uh, and then, due to the, the, the fire and the complications and, and, and that, he sent his family over, so his wife and four daughters, and he said he'd join them presently. So he sent them across. And as that boat was crossing from New York to England, it collided with, with another boat. And almost all were lost. And Horatio received back in, in Chicago the now famous... Um, message, what's it called? Telegram. Saved alone from his wife. All four of his daughters were lost. And so he then obviously was coming over then to, to, to meet his, his grieving wife and uh, he passed the spot where the boat went down and where his daughters were lost. And that's where he wrote the lyrics of the song. That's where he was inspired then to write the following. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regard for my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. O Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. A song in the night, O my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. He understood deeply that when the Lord was not visible in his life, when there had been great, great loss and irreparable loss in his life, not just the financial situation in, 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 in Chicago, but the loss of his daughters and the grief of his wife, he understood that even then the Lord isn't absent. The Lord was in the stern of the boat, but he wasn't absent the Lord appeared, the Lord didn't seem to be guiding the situation at the moment, but he had not left them alone. The Lord appeared to be dormant, but when they called on him, when they called on him, he stands up, rebukes the wind and the sea. Quiet now, be calm. And the wind dropped. And all was calm again. The Lord never leaves us alone and he has promised, I will not leave you orphans. I will be with you, yes, to the end of time. This is a divine promise, so he has not left us alone. So, 
in the reality, the daily reality of our lives. So the, I want to call them ordinary things, but they're not ordinary, but they're, they're common things of, of grief and loss and cancer and sickness and treatment and fear and old age and creaking joints and memory loss and dementia. And these are, again, I don't want to call them ordinary things, but they're, they're common, like this is, this is your story, this is your life, this is your family. In those situations, in those situations, the Lord is not dormant. The Lord is not absent. He does need us and want us to call on him. We can and we should. And then even in those situations, like to kind of hold on to this truth that despite the, the, the storm and the mess that surrounds me, it is well with my soul because the Lord is with me. I'm never alone. I am never alone. And to be honest, those, in, those instances, those, those moments of isolation can be the best ones to discover the presence of the Lord. The Lord never said, come follow me and I will make sure we avoid all storms. He says, come follow me and I'll make sure we get through all storms. We get through them. Like we said yesterday, the, 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 the route to healing, it's not around our problems or over them or under them. We can't avoid them. So... We just have to go through them with him. And it's the with him, the with him, the with him that we're generally not good at because we're used to doing things on our own. We're used to getting by. We're used to getting our, our careers together, holding the family together, our finances, our health, whatever it is. We're used to doing all these things on our own. So we're not good at calling on the Lord. And when we do, I mean, he reacts immediately and calms the storm. But he's teaching us, you see, he's teaching, this is the point. In the storm, he teaches them who he is. In the storm, he actually teaches them how close he is. Not the opposite. He appeared absent, but he's, he, he's, he's right there. He's right there. He's only like two meters from them, just behind them. We'd like him to, to be visibly leading everything, and sometimes he does. There are periods of our life, especially the initial period of our conversion or our faith journey, where the Lord very much leads from the front. We have lots of you know, wonderful experiences and lots of moments of grace, and it's all fantastic. Great that he leads from the front. Uh, but there are moments when we don't see him. There are moments, but he's still in the stern. He's still there. He's still there. So the Lord isn't abandoning us in storms, but teaching us what to do in a storm, teaching us how to affront a storm, teaching us to hold on to him in the storm, teaching us to come through the storm with him. Now, if we, if we can do that, if we can do that, if we had like half the faith of Horatio Spafford there, if we could pray like that and, and, and sing like that, that there's this song of our soul, that it is well with my soul, because I, I, I'm with you, Lord, and you are with me, and nothing will ever separate us. Not famine, not sword, not war, nothing. Nothing will separate me from the love of God. If I could pray that, if I could believe that, now whatever storm comes my way, what's my reaction internally? What's my internal disposition at the sight of dark clouds on the horizon? I'm at peace. I'll be okay. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Because I know the Lord is with me. 
It's kind of a case of, right, like, here we go, here we go again, you know? And right, I don't, I don't like it, do you know? I don't like storms. I don't like being on a cold boat getting wet, uh, risking my life for fish. Um, you know, I can think of better things to do. Uh, but, but I'm not alone. So I can, if this is the direction we have, are you sure this is the direction we have to go? If this is the direction we have to go, then that's the direction we go and we'll be okay. It is well with my soul. So, we can have the greatest of confidence in the Lord. We can have the greatest of confidence in his presence, in his guidance, and in his ability to calm the storm. If it gets too dangerous for us, if we're about to go down, he will stop it. But we need to call on him. We need to call on him. We need to, to be like, even though we don't see him because we're looking forward, we don't necessarily see him. He's there. He's right there. He's right there. Why were you so frightened? How is it that you've so little faith? They were filled with awe and said to one another, Who can this be? Even the wind and sea obey him. Let's call on the Lord in our own lives with great confidence. The Lord who never leaves us. For the wind and sea obey him. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. He who has created all things is God of all creation. May we allow him to be God in our lives. Amen.